0: Hello, my fellow roadies. This is Aubrey. Starting the new year is often associated with two things. One, a fresh start, clean slate, and two, ways to improve oneself. In the spirit of self-development, I am extremely excited to share with you the Road to Rediscovery Wellness Alignment eBook series. The three-part series talks about ordinary practices that support your wellness, your physical and mental state, and serve as an anchor for pursuing your desired self-improvements such as finances, relationships, career, and more. The wellness alignment series is available at roadtorediscovery.com slash shop as well as Amazon. I truly hope you find these short reads valuable for personal development, and please feel free to share with anyone you feel this could help. Thanks so much for your continued support.
1: In life's journey, we must seek to reflect, learn, and grow. Welcome to The Road to Rediscovery with your host, Aubrey Johnson.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. You know, in our life's journey, it's filled with bumps, hills, turns, and all sorts of obstacles but it's these things that present challenges and lessons for us. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on past life lessons to learn and grow from them and to take it to the next level and help others who are struggling through dark times. You know, at a young age, we grow up with dreams and are taught to remain determined and steadfast in achieving those dreams at all costs, right? Then, when you reach to the point to where you are living the dream, a huge setback event occurs, you know, not once, but maybe even multiple times. Well, you know, when that happens, what do we, what does that say about our dreams, right? Uh, What does it say about us and who we are? Well, my special guest has some first hand insight on this. Leaving her secure job and insurance, she pursued the dream of dancing her dream of dancing ever since childhood. She's also founded an organization that taught veteran amputees how to salsa. Now check this out, encountering multiple setbacks, hers is a journey of resilience and embracing identity. We're about to hear her incredible story. It gives me great pleasure to introduce Jennifer Abels. Jennifer, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: Oh, great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited
0: to talk with you. Oh, likewise. We're really excited to talk with you. And I I just can't wait for us to just dive into this great conversation. So let's start off by just explaining for the listeners, you know, where are you from and what was life like for for Jen growing up, you know, and what started your love for dancing? That
1: is That is a great question. Uh, I was born in Nebraska on a military base. My dad was Air Force, Mm -hmm. so grew up a military brat. So I always tell people I don't I don't feel like home is anywhere. Home is where my Mm. family is. So I used to joke I'm from a moving van. (laughs) So (laughs) it depends on where that moving van happens to be, and that's where that's where home is for me. So we moved around a bunch. Definitely not as much as a lot of kids, but moved around a lot and my mom's actually a dancer so she was dancing even when she was pregnant with me so I like to think that I picked up the uh, passion for dance since I was an embryo
0: (laughs) you know I wouldn't doubt that one bit (laughs) I've heard all sorts of you know stories of you know while you're while you know someone's pregnant if you do this if you do that you know that can help manifest certain talents or interests or qualities right
1: yeah I mean yeah. I was born to a mover so <laughs> she
0: was
1: she was dancing and moving and shaking and yeah. I, how, how could I how could I not become a dancer?
0: Oh wow yeah moving and shaking so um <clears throat> being you know in the military or you know a child of of a parent who was in the military um, myself you know I was like that as well um, h- how did that do for your your how grounded was your, <clears throat> your personality, um, who you were, your identity, uh, you know, and, 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 and what you stood for and, and, and who your family is? I mean, did you have that groundedness um, moving throughout? I, I know the feeling of home yeah. was a bit different, but as far as the groundedness all around you and who you are and who your family is, uh, can you explain how, 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 how was that for you?
1: Um, yes, and I think that you actually just gave me another aha moment of my whole life connectedness mm-hmm. being a, and I'll explain that in one, in one second as okay, I get sure. over my own like, <gasps> oh my goodness, <laughs> aha, thank you, Aubrey. Um, when you, for, so part of being in the, in a dance community, I was really strong mm-hmm. into ballet, but um, mm-hmm when we moved to city to city, the first thing I wanted to do was join a new ballet studio because mm-hmm. that's where I would find, you know, my home, my friends, the people who understood me, the people who are like, me. so dance was always how I connected to other people.
2: Right, and
1: right. I think, you know, as a kid, it was definitely hard moving. because you don't get to move when you want to, right? You get right. to, you move right. when you're told to. So it mm-hmm. could be in the middle of a school year. So mm-hmm. I, And I remember one of the hardest moves was in the middle of sixth grade, and we were living outside of D.C. in the Virginia side, and I had just gotten into middle school. Sixth grade in Virginia was middle school, and then we moved outside of Philadelphia. Sixth grade was still elementary school, so it's like this. This big slide back, man. I just got promoted, now I'm sliding back. But it was also right around Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's an awkward time in a kid's life anyway. And -hmm. it's the middle of Thanksgiving. And it's a, you know, we had lived in the area prior, but now we were like "Hmm, half an hour away from where we used to live. So it's not like I moved right back to my old friends.
2: Right, right. It was
1: a new set of friends and meeting people again, as a kid, super difficult. So dance is where I would find, you know, my people, my connection, um, dance and music. Mm -hmm. Um, As an adult, looking back, I can see the skills that it gave me to rely on myself. I think where a lot of my creativity comes from is, is being a little bit more introverted and like I have to create my own joy um, yeah, I had to create yeah. my own things um, because it's, it's not like I had a set set in built of friends and as a kid it also I feel like made me not want to deeply connect because I fear I'm gonna move again absolutely so I don't I don't want to go like for a long time even in college I wouldn't put mm-hmm. anything on my walls and my roommates are like what, what is wrong with you and I'm like well I'm even gonna move they're like yeah. but you live here now
0: right you're an adult like, yeah. you know
1: <laughs> so, but about yeah. uh, my move so
0: right, and right,
1: the right. aha moment there to me was from such a young i young age was dance community and had become my identity it was who yeah. i was mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. i mean i, I love the kid as a three-year-old you know in ballet classes but every time we moved like i had to get back to dance because where i got my connection to other people where i got my validated worth was through mm-hmm. you know the, the pleasing its instructor you know making this mean dance matter making right. you know having her be proud of you was a huge you know it was a huge accomplishment as a kid so that um that real dance being wrapped up into my identity worth thing, which down the line doesn't, doesn't come in handy, um, really started at a young age.
0: I see. I see. So it's fair to say that um, moving from place to place, uh, and, and you, of course, immersed yourself in dancing in each of those places, um, dancing and dance. I mean, that was part of the groundedness uh, uh, that you've had as part of your identity,
1: right? Absolutely. And every time I actually have moved as an adult,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I've done as a dance community. Same as well. Uh, same, same as well. You know, it wasn't, yeah. uh, it wasn't until I'd done an interview uh, when I started my charity where a reporter pointed out like, oh, you, mm-hmm. uh, you, you went right back to dance. And I was like, oh, I, I did, didn't I? Um, when I've when I found ballroom dancing was mm-hmm. out of college, my first job as a, in insurance transferred mm-hmm. me out to Pittsburgh and I didn't know anybody right. out there. And I wanted something separate from work. I didn't hang out with the people from work all the time. I wanted yep. a different set of friends. And I also, I'm not a bar person. Right. So I wasn't going to like, also, it's just super awkward to be like single at a bar. Hey, I hope yeah, somebody like, hmm. talks to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Just awkward. So I, I went I learned how to swing dance. So I started with swing dancing and then um, became all of the, passionate about every single dance that possibly could be danced. I wanted to learn that too. And later down in life, when I moved back to San Diego, or when I moved here I am now in San Diego, one of the first things I did was go out dance. That's where I'm going to meet people.
0: Oh no, that's right. And uh, I don't know. To me, it's more of a productive way it's more of a social um oh, approach sure. you know to um to to go somewhere where you can meet people you know you, you go to you know a place where people dance like swing dance you know yeah. um, for some people it's square dance for some people it's clogging right. you know but yeah. It, yeah. it's a it's a clean social environment that's not altered i guess you can say <laughs> With, right. uh, with, with certain certain spirits, I guess you can say. Right. Saying nothing bad about bars, you know, but uh, yeah. there are other places as well, for sure.
1: And I, you know, I used to be really into dancing, which obviously mm-hmm. comes later with the, the nonprofit work.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: even, you know, part of going to these bars and clubs that had salsa nights, yeah. the club owners were never excited to have salsa night. It would be packed, but we want yeah. water like right, i'm dancing right. so much right. i'm sweating i'm working so hard. it's such a cardio workout i don't want alcohol the, and the no. bar owners would tell us like we're giving you the wednesday night slot because we can't afford you your group to be here on a like a high ticket night you're got yeah. you guys don't yeah. drink so they would yeah. charge us you know five dollars for a bottle of water to try to make up oh there. my gosh
0: yeah yeah for sure yeah <laughs> you know yeah yeah no that makes sense you know um <laughs> I swear, I think we are kindred spirits, and there's three reasons why I'm gonna I'm gonna say that to you, Jen. Uh, and then from there, um, uh, I'll, I'll ask my next question if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Uh, all right, so <clears throat> there's a few things you said in the past. I don't know, five, six, seven minutes that really resonated with me because they were along the lines of how I think. Okay, uh, the first thing you mentioned was you know, being a military brat and uh, moving from place to place, you know, you, you, you didn't really have a, a, a true sense or feeling of what is home, right? And, 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 and then over time, I guess it, it, it's where your family is, no matter where you are, but it's where your family is. But still having that sense of home, home in your formative years growing up until you make that discovery, oh, it's where your family is, you know, um, that question you know, has, is in your head, uh, in especially especially, when you are uh, saying goodbye to your current friends and having to make new friends where you're about to move, right? So, so that was the same type of thinking that I've had in my formative years growing up as we moved around from place to place too, you know? The second thing, <clears throat> how you mentioned sixth grade, was uh, middle school, but you were moving to a place where sixth grade, I guess, was at the top end of grade school, maybe? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, mine was kind of like that, right? So just check this out real quick. Um, We lived in Cincinnati for a number of years, and then my father um, had an assignment in Wisconsin, okay? And so he had to move the family to Wisconsin, and uh, I was just going into seventh grade, which was the beginning of middle school, Oh, yeah. At that time up there. And so, um, so while we're up there, we live in two places up there. And I thought it was just going to be one place, but it ended up being two places. Madison for the first year, Milwaukee for two years. Okay. So I had to say goodbye to old friends and make yeah. new friends, you know, even while up there. So in ninth grade, which is the low freshman level of high school up there, I just completed that and advanced to the tenth grade. That's when our family was moving back to Cincinnati. Well, when I moved back to Cincinnati, the high schools there began at tenth grade. So here I am at the bottom of, <laughs> of the of of the yeah. you know the classmen, so to speak, right? Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah it, uh, it's crazy, you know. And um, the third thing that really makes us kindred spirits, I think, is uh, during all that time moving around from place to place, um, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a musician, but I've played a lot of music for a lot of years, and uh, when I was in grade school, my first instrument was a saxophone, and yes. I played the saxophone throughout grade school, middle school high school and all the different places we lived you know so that was kind of like my identity at that time too so um, yeah again just to share those I didn't mean to go off but oh
1: no uh, I, my, I love it my mom's a my mom's a piano teacher so like we had mm-hmm. to play an instrument if you don't like yeah. you're not at dinner until you finish your scales on the piano right. um, and <laughs> it was the flute As my instrument for school, but Uh I think that's also the the great thing about band, especially for kids. I mean, I will one thousand percent always for and ever recommend that kids get into band because everybody belongs in band. Oh sure, you don't. Sure, you know the third trumpet is just as important as the as the first trumpet. You've got the harmonies, and there's no you can't you don't have music without harmonies in there. No, so kid. Every kid should be in music. Every kid should be in music.
0: Yeah, no, I thoroughly, thoroughly agree. 100% for sure, Jen. All right, so um, let me ask you this. How did you make the transition? Um, and and, and, and if, it's, if it's before, was it before the leap of faith, which you and I will talk about here in a minute. Was it before the leap of faith or after the leap of faith where you kind of made the progression from, dancing and being a dancer and having that and, you know, being an, an enthusiast with it to teaching dancing?
1: The uh, great question. Cause it's a, it's an awkward leap. Um, and as it, did, it should have been a, a little prettier, but an awkward <laughs> leap. I, you know, you and I talked before about that pressure as a kid to like, who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be when you grow right. up all these things? And I just want right. to be a dancer. I just want to be a dancer. Yeah. But then I got this fear in me of the starving artist um, mm-hmm. trope started to really set in of mm-hmm. no i i, I don't want to be a starving artist i
2: mm-hmm. like
1: mm-hmm. i i don't want to struggle so maybe i should get a business degree and earn lots of money and then i can dance as my hobby and so i mean when people are always asking how in the world you end up with an insurance degree fear <laughs> I ended up with an insurance yeah. degree out of fear. I yeah. liked my glasses. I loved my professors. I had some of the best professors on the planet. So obviously yeah. I, you know, I felt passionate about what I was doing. And I also found like a little niche in human resources where I could still do something where I cared about people. Right. Um, and I was teaching throughout the summer, I was teaching actually a high school music program that George Parks Drum Major Academy. So every summer I would teach high school leaders. Um, mm-hmm. So I would teach some music and leadership skills there. So I'd always kind of had this little teaching thing going on. And gotcha. when I when the insurance job moved me to Pittsburgh, I connected through dance. I found mm-hmm. a dance studio, I started um, taking lessons, competing and loving the whole thing. And eventually they offered me a job to teach. Nice. And Everything, like I was so excited by this, this thought, right? That I had given up on this dream of becoming a professional Broadway dancer sort of thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But here, here comes a way to like make a living as a dancer. Like how amazing is this? But, ooh, can I? I'm, you know, I'm only a few years out of college. I got a degree. I'm on what is supposed to be a really straight career path. You know, right,
2: right. You got, I got a
1: <laughs> ship with this company in college. They gave, I was an intern with them. They hired me out of college. Like it's, it's all set right there in front of me. Yeah. But right. I didn't love what I was doing. And I started, what, what really was the key for me was I started getting sloppy in my work mm-hmm. because I just didn't care anymore and I hated it. And I really wanted to do the other thing. And when I realized that, I was like, that is outside of my integrity. That's not yeah. who I am. Right. You know, I, I do the best I can where I am. I always show up and I give a hundred percent. And I was like, I'm getting sloppy. I need to make a change. You either have to, you know, cut down on the dancing and really start focusing on work. And I was like, but I don't, I don't want to do that. Right. So <laughs> yeah. I made this, you know, in a dancer, literal and physical leap of faith mm-hmm. to take a job as a professional dance instructor which meant I could teach during the day. I would practice at night. I would compete on the weekends and like Mm -hmm. my whole life became about dance again. And I was so happy and it was such a strange, wonderful feeling. And I wish I had the wherewithal in that moment Mm -hmm. to appreciate what that difference really was. Like my migraines had gone away. My stomach ulcer went away and I loved what I was doing. Right. And, even though I took a huge pay cut mm-hmm. and I think that everyone's, not everyone, but you know, society is not the smart move to do you know, when you've got something that's so certain to take something that's so much more uncertain.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: I, I loved what I was doing and I couldn't believe how grateful I was to just be in this spot where it seemed sort of random that it happened But when you look look back on the connectedness of my life, it's part of why I love my little stars background here. It may seem random in the moment, but when you Uh look back, you can see the pattern, right? That if I hadn't all my life connected through dance, all my life I've connected through dance. I didn't want to move to Pittsburgh. I Mm -hmm. didn't want to be doing the things, but if I had moved to Pittsburgh, I wouldn't have pursued swinging as a way to find, to connect to other people. And if Uh I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to even make that leap in the first place. So it's all, it's all connected. I just don't understand it all in the moment.
0: No, I got you. No. And, and you know what? Very few of us really understands it in the moment, right? We don't have that crystal ball. We don't know how things are going to look on the other end. And we think we have it figured out as to why we are here in this position at this time, you know, Uh, but when, when your path takes an unexpected turn, then, you know, I don't know how accurate we are in right knowing why we are here, where we are now. Yeah. It's usually yeah. in reflection or hindsight, right?
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's extraordinary. Absolutely magnificent, Jen. I mean, um, you've really painted a clear picture for the listeners on uh, the inner struggle that you had. Uh, between you know going with the mapped out path for um, for getting hired at an insurance company right out of college um, versus you know fighting against your uh, and fighting with your heart's passion for dance right yeah uh, yeah and, and trying to figure out okay uh, which direction should I go which is right which is wrong which does society say is right versus wrong you know to, yeah. to help make that decision so um, when you made the decision to take that leap of faith and to be a dance instructor um how how self-informed did you feel in terms of fully understanding the (laughs) trade-offs
1: that is a great question uh and i laugh because i have this habit of Mm -hmm. If I know just enough, mm-hmm. I will jump and I'm gonna assume the ground is gonna catch me and I'll figure it out later. Gotcha. And I I mean, I can see in my life all the times that I have repeated that pattern in my mm-hmm. life.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: moving to San Diego, uh, I had, you know, no family out here, no no job to come to. I just right. there was a one person that I met at a John Legend concert that we were friends <laughs> on MySpace is the only person I knew in San Diego. Yeah. Um, but it was just, I had just enough information that, all right, I'll go and I'll figure out the rest. So as far as like understanding and really like sitting down and analyzing, Mm -hmm. I feel like Mm -hmm. I skipped that part of the, uh, the line in in your brain when you're supposed to get that logical reasoning.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And you just
1: enough. And I go and I'll figure Mm -hmm. it
0: out. Well, that takes care of my next question. Um, you know i i I've, I've i've always been intrigued by people who take this leap of faith and sure the answer may be different um, uh, amongst different people but you know i was just curious with you you know um, what kept you what kept you in the element of um, of 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 working and instructing and and uh, uh, accounting for the, uh, the trade-offs, uh, and, and if you didn't take the time to really map out the pros and cons, right, before making the choice, I'm sure you were met with them after you made sure. the choice, and so if you were oh, met with sure. them after making the choice, you've had to deal with them to some point, right, so, uh, yeah, yeah, my question was what, what, what kept you, um, what kept you moving in addressing them as they came? And you just mentioned it. Oh, I'll, I, I know this much. I'll take this jump and I'll take care of the rest as they come. Is that, is that accurate?
1: Yeah, there, I mean, that, definitely that piece of it. And, then, mm-hmm. and also realizing as I was teaching, I was teaching students who used to be me. I was teaching people who were coming from a job where they were stressed out. They're working in corporate America like I used to Mm -hmm. be. They are stressed out. They don't like their jobs. They're looking for a social outlet. I 1,000% identified with with my students. Um, Didn't matter what kind of work they were coming from, but I, Mm -hmm. man, I got it. I know what the gift that dance gave me. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I now have an incredible opportunity to pass that on to other people through the, my gift of teaching. And nice. I would—I felt like I would—I would have reminders all the time when I would look at students coming in, talking about the stress of their day, so frustrated, so angry. I'd be like, right. "Boy, I know exactly what that feels like," and I'm right, so glad right. I'm here and not there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's of course there are things that I was like, oh mm. when you work from like our day started at noon and ended at 10 at night. Yeah. So all of my other friends that were in, you know, the quote unquote real jobs, yeah, were off at five and having happy hour. I could never meet a friend for happy hour. Mm. Anybody going out at night, I could never meet them, you know, I couldn't have them at mm. night unless it was unless you could go out on a Friday night after 10 o'clock, which again <laughs> in my 20s, no problem. <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. Much. Um, but so there's, there's definitely that piece of it. And then when I got injured, uh, and, uh, didn't have the savings that I would have had
0: Mm -hmm. if I
1: had stayed in the insurance track and the track, that was probably one of the first moments where I thought, what have I done?
0: I got you. Now let's unpack that because that's exactly the direction I was uh, headed. So you and I, man, we are in lockstep. Okay. That's right. Right here. Right here. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so now we have this, this setback. Okay. And it's just not, it's just not an impact on your health, you know, and, and, and not an impact on you just physically, but also economically, also financially um, and, uh, and just, just unpack and talk about uh, how it came about and then the impact it had on you mentally, emotionally, and so forth?
1: It was, uh, I feel like it was September of 2003. There, my name is Business. No, um, we, it was a dance competition weekend uh, mm-hmm. where, as a, as a teacher, you may have, like, upwards of 300 different uh, dances that you're doing that weekend you have multiple students doing dances you're constantly on friday friday and saturday all day competition uh Mm -hmm. on the friday night part of the competition when i was probably i don't know like 100 dances into my 300 weekend Mm -hmm. i slipped and i fell and partner my hands um during it's it's called the viennese waltz um Mm -hmm. There's, it's a lot of like, it's like a whirling dervish. You're spinning and traveling at the same time. And uh, we were going back to back, I, my foot slipped, but we were not facing each other and he had my hands. So when I fell, I didn't have my hands to break my fall. So my hip broke my fall. And when my hip broke my fall, it dislocated my pelvis, oh my uh, tore the cartilage in my pelvis. Um, mm. Later mm. we would find that I had shredded my abdominal wall Um, in like a diagonal pattern because my body was headed one direction but my 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 upper body was one direction my lower body was a different direction okay so um i uh i slipped two discs in my back oh my gosh um and because i mean you probably know this from music and arts kind of on autopilot in that mode right Mm -hmm. so i hit i hear this (gasps) from everybody I smiled. I got back up on my feet. I kind of limped a bit. My partner, God, I love him. He's such a, a such a. He like escorted me off, and he was like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "I'm fine. I'm great." And I grabbed my next partner, and I kept competing.
2: You're and, kidding? Yeah. You know, I has autopilot. Just
1: autopilot. I yeah. feel no pain. I I know I have a mission. Mm-hmm. I have a task ahead and I will not let my students down. Like yeah. I'm not like they are there, they have worked so hard for this moment and yeah. I'm pushing a lot of them farther than thought they could go outside of their own comfort zone right. of performing and memorizing routine and performing in front of hundreds of people. I will not let them down. So yeah. I'm picking them up. I continue to dance the whole weekend. And I remember watching back the video of that weekend I had a professional show at the very very end that was the Mm -hmm. last thing possibility I had to do and the dance was not my best um because I was definitely in some pain and the moment you can see on video when I walk off the dance floor I kind of like my whole body just sort of crumbles and I remember going home that night and I had this huge bruise developing on my hip and I was like (laughs) oh I'll put some ice on it I was back at work and uh one of my one of my coaches said, what are you doing here? I was like, I got students, I got responsibilities. And she was like, if you don't leave and go see a doctor right now, Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing any of your students. And I was like, I'm fine. She's like, I had back surgery. You're not fine. Go get that checked out. Wow! And I finally like admitted that, oh yeah, I'm actually in a lot of pain, a lot of pain. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah and finally started to like admit it and because when I would sit my legs would start to go numb
2: oh,
1: and that had never happened before and right. it was and it hurt and I thought like of course it hurts I hit the floor really hard mm-hmm. like I'm going to be out and when the doctor said I was going to be out for 10 days I cried mm-hmm. um, I was like I can't I can't be out for 10 days like mm-hmm. I love my work I love my students I want to I need to get back to work and mm-hmm. um, he's like well You can't, you know, mess up your spine by doing this. So I was like, all right. But then 10 days, it started to get worse. And then 10 days turned into three months, three turns into six, into a year, five years.
0: Five years. I was out of work
1: five years total.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Um, I had to, like the pain got, the pain got, continued to get worse and worse. Mm -hmm. Um, They missed the abdominal damage for two years. Um, until a a smart surgeon finally went, ah, right here. (laughs) He poked a hole through my abs. And I was like, oh, that hurt. Um, So I had four surgeries during that time, Mm -hmm. uh, out of work that whole time. And in that moment, you know, couldn't have foreseen the future moment, but in that moment, that was the worst I had ever felt in my life, physically, emotionally. Yeah. everything. Because I thought, and this goes back to what you and I were just talking about. I thought I did what you're supposed to do. I,
2: yes. I
1: thought mm-hmm. I did the thing where you follow your heart, you follow your dream. Right. You did the right. thing you left, you took the big risk. You, mm-hmm. you left a certain job that where you were and you followed your heart and passion. And this is what I get. This is what happens because my doctors are telling me like, you're not going to, you know, it's time to, for you to find a new hobby.
2: Yeah
1: when a doctor would say that because this is not my hobby this is my life and any doctor who said that I would fire they
0: they didn't get it did they (laughs) they didn't
1: get it you don't get to be on my team if you're not you know if that's your mentality so I would fire Um, fire them but mm -hmm. it was it when I say soul crushing Mm -hmm. I mean I feel like even that feels like an understatement to me because I you know I I did the thing I should and tried corporate life for a while but I followed my heart and I did anything and now here I am and I've drained all my savings um whatever I had to do this my Mm -hmm. parents are helping me out financially in this like just a how I felt like I was letting them down because Mm -hmm. I wasn't now secure not only was I not stable on my own two feet Mm -hmm. literally you know I couldn't stand for for too long couldn't sit for too long but I financially I couldn't do it and it just it felt, uh, it was crushing, it was really crushing.
0: Hopeless, helpless.
1: mm, Hopeless and so helpless. And I think that when I think about the, when your whole identity and your whole sense of value and worth is tied up in a job or a hobby or a title of some sort like that, Mm when I define myself you know, as a dancer, if I'm no longer a dancer and I have done nothing else in my life to, f- to f- find myself fulfilled, right. if that's gone, you know, I told What's my, my doctor, I don't, know right. who I, I don't know who I am outside of dance. Yeah. If I don't know who I am, I'm questioning why I should even be. And uh, that's yeah. a really, because if I thought I had a purpose and I thought no. I found my purpose, and if I was so wrong, Then maybe i don't have a purpose and if i don't have a purpose purpose why should i be here
0: that's a dangerous place to be that's that's a very very uh dangerous place to be for sure and you know i i have to say uh when 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 people go through major setbacks especially in an area in which you know it was the core of who they are their hearts love their passion they identified with this, such as you identifying with dancing, okay? That was your life. It wasn't a hobby. Right. Um, and during, during this, the, that time of setback, you know, that challenge, the struggle, uh, which is very real, by the way, um, even if you have support from your parents or support from friends, um, what are your thoughts on someone just can be so, so crushed Yeah. Even with the support of their family and friends that they could still feel isolated and alone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I have a, a very different level of understanding and compassion for, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I've always had that for mental health, um, and carried over obviously into the charity work that I know we'll talk about in a bit, but Mm -hmm. that, this is what I feel like a lot of people don't understand when they look at someone who has taken their own life. Um, But they had it all going for them. They are loving friends and family. Mm -hmm. And it's that, which is amazing and which you could be so grateful for. Yes. But um, it can't stop that one person. No, you know, it's and and I will say like, I, I don't even like to even think about what, wouldn't, what would have happened if I hadn't had the most incredible family and the most right. incredible friends Absolutely. who, you know, th- they loved me back to health. You know, yes. they were there for me. They didn't give up on me, including some of my doctors mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. have become like lifelong friends to me and my physical therapists yep. who they gave me the strength I didn't have for myself. They were like, you know, not today. not giving up on it today. And my friends, you know, my friends would all take turns making sure somebody was coming over to check on me. And, and, you know, they, yeah, I mean, I couldn't be more grateful for the gift of my friends and family during that time.
0: That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And, and, and yeah, when you have friends and family who uh, love you to that degree and, and not just, just, not just love you, I mean, family members, they love each other, but you know, they stay on your back. Okay. Every day they're either calling you or texting you or stopping by, you know, Hey Jen, how's it going? Are you having a good day? Anything I can do to help, you know, and not go for like days or weeks of radio silence and then all of a sudden someone calls yeah. right
1: oh so, gosh, no. yeah 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 i mean even one of my best friends she would come in i had this uh, zero gravity recliner chair that kind of looks yep. like a lawn chair that you would set up and yep. at the time it was the only chair i could sit in without pain. and mm-hmm. so she's like we're going to the movies and i was like yeah have fun and she's like no i said yeah. we're going to the movies as in you me right. we're going to the movies and i'm like nope I can't, like, I can't sit in the chairs and like how dare you how dare you? And she's like, I'm mm-hmm. taking your chair, we're setting it up in the handicap section, we're going to go see a movie. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, like, yeah. and she, you know, just simple things like that, where she'd be like, you know, I'd get up to do something, she'd pack up the chair, and be like, Well, now you got right, nowhere to right. sit, let's go.
0: <laughs> just determined, right? I mean, just, these are the friends that you yeah. can lean on, you know, uh, in, yeah. in, in, in these tough times.
1: I mean, yeah. and th- I think about it, like these are the friends that saved my life. Yeah. Like they, they were doing small acts of, of service to me, you know, oh, that yeah. wonderful love language, someone coming over and taking care of my dog or walking, yeah. you know, walking my dog or yeah. cooking meals. I had a friend who flew in from Georgia and rearranged my kitchen in a way that I wouldn't have to reach for anything heavy. Nice. Like Very she emptied good. out my entire kitchen, reorganized the entire thing, like, to be able to recognize that each one of those things were acts of love of you know that they were just showering on me any way they oh, could. Yeah.
0: They truly that, were. No, they so, truly were. And and you know, as my father always said, um, your true friends are the ones who are still around when all your chips are down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And 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 those are true blue friends indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. Indeed. All right, fantastic. So let's talk about um, your healing, okay? And uh, you get to a point to where it's like, as Abraham Lincoln once said, um, uh, if we can't predict the future, perhaps we can create it. Right. Uh, how does that? My dog that... agrees with you. <laughs> oh, that's quite all right. I love, the, I love the bark, <laughs> uh, and and I'll say hello too. <laughs> um, uh, uh, talk about your healing, and then how does that? How does that Abraham Lincoln quote kind of apply to the next chapter in your journey? Uh,
1: I love that, and I need to write that down. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, I, when I felt well enough to, that I could manage on my own, mm-hmm. um, you know, physically, physically could get by on my own without always having to rely on somebody else. I decided that I wanted to move somewhere where I wasn't afraid to slip and fall in the ice and snow. It was literally my motivation for moving all the way across the country to leave DC, leave my friends, leave my family and come out to California where I'd never been before. Right. It was like the fear of slipping on the ice and messing up my back again, because what I had just gone through, I never wanted to go through again. So I was like, I'm moving to Southern California. (laughs) People were like, you doing what now? No snow,
0: no ice. Yeah,
1: no snow. I want (laughs) to go somewhere where it's San Diego. They say it is sunny and 70 Mm -hmm. year round. That sounds like heaven to me. I'm going there right away. And uh, my my dad said, uh, I learned long enough long ago not to argue with you when you get your mindset on something. So I guess <laughs> i help you pack.
0: So right.
1: I packed up and moved out here and just mm-hmm. figured, you know, this is what we're saying, what I was saying earlier. I knew just enough to get myself to go and I'll figure out the rest when I get here. That I know that I'm resilient and as an Air Force brat, I know how to pick up and meet people. I, I moved before i can move again sure. and with with air force moving around you know brat life teaches you if it doesn't work out guess what you can move again <laughs>
2: you're, you're not <laughs> right. stuck
1: we'll pick up and move again
2: yeah so for sure
1: i figured and and i make a lot of decisions in this mindset of like what's the worst that's going to happen and what's the mm-hmm. likelihood that worst case scenario is really going to come true so um just like this I mean I really live by this line from the musical Rent forget mm-hmm. regret or life is yours to miss and so true. I I was so preoccupied with this idea of what would life be like in Southern California what would it be like to live in a warmer climate where it could be outside more often where it could right. be in fresh air more often and um <clears throat> and not have that fear of slipping on the ice cuz that was real i was i mean that was very real for me living outside of dc mm-hmm. having to shovel out my car i was physically i mean i'm left with a, perm, a permanent partial disability of my spine i i can't shovel out my car every winter so i have to pay someone to shovel out my car like i i can't stay i can't stay here mm-hmm. the idea of staying there was so impractical it was just heavy yeah, And I'm like, I have to give this thing a try. And I'd also been diagnosed with Lyme disease and my joints mm. were, you know, I was constant fatigue. My, my joints were, were in pain and I'll, everything I was reading was that a drier climate was better for the joints. So I was like, I have to give this thing a try because I mm. will, I, I, I want to know what it's like. And if it doesn't work out, I'll figure out something else. But right now, this is all I can focus on. So mm. I came out here and while I was actually recycling, uh, re-gifting my moving boxes to someone else, we were talking about da- ballroom dancing. And he said, oh, are you here to teach at Mary's studio? And I was like, Mary who? And he was like, Mary Murphy from So You Think You Can Dance. I was like, oh, I am a huge <laughs> fan of that show. Like I used yeah. to hold So You Think You Can Dance watch parties in my, what? I was like, how do you not know? Her studio is 10 blocks from here. And I was like, "What? this is so cool. <laughs> so I immediately went online and I saw that she was teaching a master class that night mm-hmm. in Waltz, one of my favorite dances. I signed up, I paid my thing, and I was so excited. I was going to go take a class with Mary Murphy that night because yeah. dance is how I connect with people. Right. I wasn't going to teach again, but I just wanted to, I just would get back into the world of dance so, as a participant this time. Yes. Um, and then the studio mm-hmm. called and said, uh, hey, thanks thank you for your interest, but we realized we haven't updated our calendar. That was from last year. So oh. there's actually no class, but you're welcome to come into our party tonight. And I was like, um, okay, okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, we printed we your car just so you know. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I was like, you know what, you should just go go to the dance yeah. party anyway. Yeah, and yeah. I really fought with myself about going and I walk up the stairs to the studio and I hear Mary's laugh, it's very distinct. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. she's here. Try to like not super fangirl.
2: <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> yeah.
1: <"Hey." laughs> and so I danced and I met so many people and such a great time. And she had some really good dancers that night. And because from, from my own teaching background, I circulate and I try to do somebody new every single dance. I don't like to stick with just person. And obviously that's how you're going to meet more people. Um, by the end right. of the right. night, Mary came up and said, so you're a good little dancer. And I was like, <laughs> thank you.
2: Uh,
1: she said, <laughs> uh, "You, you obviously." Ob- yeah, total. She said, you obviously teach. And I was like, oh no, no, no. She goes, you teach, where do you teach? And I was like, I I don't, I don't, I uh, I just moved here. I used to, but I don't. So she said, well, um, do you like salsa? I, I love salsa dancing. She said, well, I need a salsa teacher. You want a job?
2: Mm-hmm. I was like. <gasps> nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like the whole like body resistance of like, no, you said you weren't going to do this. Yeah. And my yeah. brain is like, forget it. Yes. And I was like. <laughs> Yes, I do. And I thought, you know what, you'll just do it for a little while until you find a real job. It'll be fine. And during my interview, she asked if I would be willing to go to the Naval Medical Center in San Diego to teach Mm -hmm. a group of um, combat injured veterans who are all fitted with prosthetics. They'd all lost one or more limbs in the wars in either Iraq or Afghanistan. and their physical therapist was one of her former students, an incredible dancer himself, Mike Podlensky, He's an amazing guy. And mm-hmm. but he's not a teacher. And you know, to to be a good dancer and to be a good teacher are sometimes two different things. That's right. So he wanted a teacher to come out for six weeks. And I was like, oh, I'm I'm in. I'm so in. Yeah. Nice. I, yeah. It's just, it's just six weeks, Aubrey. It's just six weeks. I said I wasn't <laughs> going to do this, but I can do it for six weeks. Right, right. And uh, that experience in those six weeks was a, like, magical, incredible, I don't even know how to exactly describe, every light bulb in my head was, like, not just going off, but, like, explosions of, uh, probably a really bad analogy with military, but, but of just the I had no idea how to adapt my classes for somebody dancing with a prosthetic, but I knew I'd figure it out. Sure. Um, Yeah. And I didn't let that, that fear stop me. And she said that there were other teachers who didn't want to see that kind of, uh, it it, it was heartbreaking, right? To go in to see so many young men and women so physically injured. um, Oh, yeah. Yeah you know, just at the start of of their, their lives as she said, you know, some people just don't can't, can't be part of that and don't want to be at a hospital. And I was like, (laughs) I just rehabbed my back for five years. I don't know what it's like to lose a limb in combat. And I hope I never do, Mm -hmm. but I know what Mm -hmm. it's like to be in constant physical pain. I know what it's like emotionally to not only be Mm -hmm. in, in all the physical pain, be facing the end of your career in your twenties, you know, these are, I mean, you know, military folks, right? Mm-hmm. My, if you're, my dad was a Marine, my grandfather was a Marine. I'm going to, so yeah, if you're right. told you're going to be medically retired, it's the same feeling thing I was told, find a new hobby, find something new. Right. Well, how do I find something new? This is all I've ever known. So if right. I could use dance as a vehicle to bring some sort of joy and happiness and connectedness all the things that dance had always given me my entire life
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i was able to give them it was never about making a good dancer out of anybody if they did fantastic but that's so that's not even near the top 10 reasons why people you know why why we have this whole dance program is you know connectedness and increasing their isolation increasing like just laughing for an hour being yeah. silly you know yeah. learning something new being in a different area of your brain there was mm-hmm. so much that was happening in that one hour class that my brain was just firing on like this has to be more than six weeks like we, yeah. this is we're just we're just barely scratching the surface of what we can do here wow. and that uh and at the moment at the time just talking about physical therapy and combat injuries but as we started to expand and as i started to speak with other therapists somebody with a traumatic brain injury could really benefit from dancing right Right. to be able to learn a series of steps and execute those steps while talking to someone while listening to music takes so many brain functions to do and if that same person comes back next week and repeats and remembers that pattern now we're talking about another element of the brain. It's
2: strengthening,
1: strengthening that part yeah. of the brain, and if yeah. I yeah. if I tweak it just a little, I know last week we went to the left. This week we're going to the right. Whole mm-hmm. different brain process now involved. There's right. so much firing that like they saw like, "Ooh, can I have my TBI patients come in?" And I was like, yeah. "Yep." And then working with patients with some level of post traumatic stress of who are isolated, who are feeling like they can't make eye contact with someone who um, you know are just afraid to go into new spaces and new things. Yeah. Well come, come come here. There's a consistency. I have these amazing volunteers who are showing up every single week. You will have a familiar smiling face that will greet you every single week. Yeah. You will laugh. You will you will accidentally catch yourself making eye contact with somebody and joking around and going, <laughs> "Oh, and then you know our job, my job right. as a teacher, but also as a therapist and writing up our notes of reflecting back to them, be like, hey, remember I asked you when you came in and I asked you, you know, how you felt anxiety level on a scale of one to ten? You were like ten, um, and I just asked you and you were at a two.
2: Ooh. We only spent an
1: hour dancing, yeah. and your anxiety level dropped. How's right. you know, you like you realize how like impressive that is for you, right? They're like yeah, like, this is, this is an amazing thing for this hour. Like, I can't wait to come back next week. And when I would hear those words of like, I can't wait to come back next week. And having them like, thank us after every class. I was like, this, this, I thought, and again, down the line, I'll have to refine that definition. But I thought, ah, my new purpose. This is what it is. This is why I went through what I went through. Mm-hmm. To un- mm-hmm. be able to understand these men and women, and creating this nonprofit, this is my purpose in life. This is this must be what it is. So I went all in, all in, all, all in. in, all yeah. in, and, and guess what? All what all I in mean. and read and put up my whole identity and worth into yet something else outside of myself.
0: Just poured it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, sharing the passion and the love of something that, that, that gives you such joy to help others and see that joy reciprocated. Yeah. You know, it's almost like looking in the mirror. Yeah. I mean, when you get that, you have to think in that moment in time, this is who I am. This is yes. what I'm meant to do. Right. Yes. Right. I
1: I am here Earth for the the day. I got a uh, in the mail from the salsa crew. Yes, Kandahar. Yes, um, exactly. Sponsored salsa night in, in Afghanistan. Um, mm. With it, thank you, with you know all sorts of everybody had signed this card. They had a, a little minute tea wall that they had signed, mm-hmm. and I had mm-hmm. um, you know a challenge from Kandahar that was all included in this thank you package. Like I sent them CDs and t-shirts, gave that hat, make sure that I was able to sponsor their food and drink for their salsa nights. Like right. it was, I mean, I felt really like this is all due but I was happy to do it. Yeah. But them so grateful and to send me something back thanking me. I was like, whoa, oh wow. And I just, I mean, I, I, I became a puddle that day. <laughs> a
0: puddle <laughs>
1: just a puddle i was just like the gratitude the humbleness of yeah. um trying to thank you and your thank me. sure and just yeah yeah it was incredible
0: so what were some of the events that followed you know making that commitment to be all in in this, uh, in this next, uh, in this next chapter of your life that you just shared?
1: The, to be all in and to also live in Southern California means, uh, you're going to have to work more than one job. Mm -hmm. So being all in to me also meant working 24, seven, seven days a week. And I didn't mind because of what I was doing. I felt so guided um, to again you know I define like this is my purpose this is what I'm supposed to be doing that yeah. I work seven days a week if you'd given me an eighth I would have done it too I went mm-hmm. uh, there was one year where we were opening up some programs in Hawaii so I traveled to Hawaii to speak with the you know do a presentation on base and all the things and um, I did it over a holiday weekend so that I could actually take like a day or two to relax while I was there didn't do it phone in hand the entire time while on the plane coming back to San Diego I thought oh god i don't really remember much of besides my phone
2: yeah like
1: i didn't i couldn't disconnect i couldn't relax i couldn't i was just focused focused like must you know more locations keep writing grants keep looking money keep looking for sponsors this it had grown into four different locations we're sponsoring salsa night we um We were asked to go to a white house summit called uh, the united state of women to talk about our work with female veterans of military sexual trauma Mm -hmm. and how alternative therapies like dance Mm -hmm. can can and should be explored rather than just traditional therapy methods so you know tons all these accolades which were amazing and i had again the incredible team of instructors that that i had hired to work on with me who shared that vision that we all know how to teach dance, and we all know that dance is not important. You know, that the, the make, not the dance, that making dancers is not important. Right. They all yeah. know that this is the vehicle we are using to get people, you know, out of their houses, to reconnect with their spouses, reconnect with their loved ones, connect oh, with their of community. Yeah. I want to enjoy, like, and we all shared that um, passion and re- social responsibility. Yeah. Um, that nonprofits are, I didn't know anything about. So I was just trying to stay one step ahead of where I was supposed to be and learning as I, you know, learning as I go. Mm-hmm. And struggled with fundraising. Mm-hmm.
2: And
1: if, you know, I would talk to some outside and they're like, look, when I'm looking at who I'm going to donate to and I have two charities in front of me and I Homes for Our Troops or, or I've got you. And I don't know, Homes for Our Troops is actually a real organization. I was trying to make up something, but Homes for Our Troops yeah. is an incredible place. But something he was constructing, you know, adaptive homes for, for veterans or right. a dancing one, you're not getting my money. That is, housing is more important. I'm like, yes, I agree with you. Housing is more important and gives them a reason to leave the house, come back. Like people can't stay in their house. Like it, right. it shouldn't be one or the other. It's, it's both. Yes. Um, yes. But if the company is coming down to only supporting one, i either supporting that one or mm-hmm. service dogs. I, I get it a lot it was a hard concept to understand the real therapeutic value of what we were doing. So it was a challenge to find grants to find sponsoring financially and which only made me want to work harder and longer and uh, not take care of myself in the process. Like I think it's yeah. really stupid. and I should have seen it coming. I could have seen it coming. I ignored it. I got was uh, we were talking before. I got uh, pneumonia six times in a year. Wow. My body was literally shutting down from the stress. Yeah. And you know, my doctor saying like, "What's it going to take? Like, how how much more obvious can it be that?" you need to step back. And I'm like, I can't. I cannot. I will let so many people down. I can't. And if I do, then I'm admitting that I failed. And that was like, I couldn't do it. And that's where, Aubrey, that's where I stayed stuck. And stayed stuck for a long time is that because my identity was This charity, this nonprofit, this organization that I'd built from nothing. And, you know, out of out of my own experience and my own compassion and kindness and creativity, created this thing, but it was all it was all I ever saw myself doing. I remember saying to my board of directors, I'll fight for this organization till my last dying breath. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And Mm -hmm. here's my doctor saying, You're real close. You're real close to that.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So what's it gonna do?
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I, I was stuck in, I'm a failure because I failed at this thing. I couldn't keep it going, so I failed. And the difference between failing at a task, failing at a thing, which maybe you didn't, maybe, that's the, maybe there's a part of that definition you also need to look at versus I am a failure is really, really dark and dangerous. And that's where, because I had nothing else in my life, because I'd spent seven years just going, 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 that all associated with
0: dancing, right?
1: Yeah. Same exact parallel, you know, exact parallel Mm -hmm, of going, mm -hmm, going, mm -hmm. going until I literally, my body is stopping and I can't go any further. um, And I have to, I had to resign that I, I was in the same place. I didn't know who I was. Right. If I wasn't this thing that I just said that I would give my dying last dying breath for, like if I don't do this thing, who am I? And if who I thought, I? man, Aubrey, I thought I had it figured out. Yeah. I thought I figured it out. Yeah. I went through all the other stuff so that I could create this thing because this was supposed to be my purpose. This was it. And uh, guess what? I'm wrong again. Mm. And if I thought the depression I went through before was bad this was worse you know i took more of a risk so there the crash was even farther to fall right it was it was a really 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 dark dark time for me because not only did I again have to heal myself physically like Mm -hmm. my lungs giving time to breathe sleeping 16 18 hours a day um just completely depleted But also having to rebuild myself emotionally from watching something that I built, that I loved, that I put my everything into, um, dissolve, just crumble. And, you know, from the very beginning of asking friends and family to support, and everybody has the Soldiers Who Salsa t-shirts, and they would give to the fundraising things, and they would tell all their friends about it. I was letting them down. Mm. That's how I felt. yeah yeah had i had i just reached out and asked someone they would obviously have been like that's not true but the what i was telling myself of i'm letting everybody down i'm letting all these men and women that we're working with in the military i'm letting them down i'm letting my Mm -hmm. my parents down Mm -hmm. i'm letting so many people down like not just not just i'm a failure but i'm a disappointment
0: those were the voices you heard in your head that was the internal dialogue that you had going on right yeah now now, um i tell you jen um and 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 i think a lot of us can uh state claim to this um if we're observant of ourselves but we can be resilient to a fault can't we (laughs) <laughs> you know sure
1: can sure yeah can.
0: yeah with, with, with without a doubt and and we can also really fall into the groove and the cracks of believing that internal dialogue that sure. we hear in our heads right
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: so when, when, when now in this in this stage in your journey there's a there's a second type of physical healing yeah. Right. From the pneumonia. And there's, you're, you're rebuilding yourself, uh, and healing emotionally from, uh, from this as well. Yeah. Um, now, you know, this is the second time. So after that second time, the rebuilding, uh, I, I think would not be as effective if you haven't changed your way of thinking. Can you share for the listeners that way of thinking that, that you've, uh, that you've started to, uh, uh, approach and apply for yourself
1: yeah it's I, I again I feel grateful that whatever that is that's inside me that real resilience piece was like mm-hmm. hey hey so we're here again what if yeah. what if Jen we f- try to figure out the parallels between this one and the last time how did you end up here again because mm-hmm this sucks. And I don't want to do it a third time. Wow. You, if you could see the parallels and now you do, you see these parallels physically, mentally, everything, but also the way you ran yourself into the ground, you know, this time, last time with dancing all the time, how most importantly, mental health wise, you are so depressed right now. How, how can we figure out how we got here? Because you can't, you will repeat this pattern if you don't figure that piece of this out.
2: That's right. And
1: I actually, so uh, several different ways, I reached out to a friend who told me to read some Brene Brown books and I, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. Wasn't really a huge fan of reading at that point. I just got really frustrated with things, Uh, but it really, I really connected with it and I watched a lot of her Ted talks and I was like, Oh, Oh, someone finally gets me. This is what it is. It's the whole, I'm a failure. I failed at a thing. Oh, I'm having this, you know, I am too wrapped up. I've got my worth tied up in the wrong place. And then I combined it with this lesson I had actually learned from a sales training program where you know, in sales, you fail a lot of the time and how you take rejection can really affect your um, success in sales. Mm -hmm. And in this sales program, they had you separate out the roles that you take on during the day, especially in sales, your roles as a salesperson versus your identity as to who you are. Um, You're still a good person. You're still a kind person. So even when someone rejects you in sales, it doesn't change who you are. It's, that's it's, great. There's something negative about, about right. obviously somebody rejecting, if somebody doesn't want whatever it is you're selling, if you start to take that personally, you're, gonna, you're not going to succeed in sales. You know, you got to be real That's strong right. on this. You know, they call it I, I, roles versus identities. And yeah, so yeah. I, I thought of like that concept kind of like somehow fluttered back into my brain and I started to sit down and be like, let's just list this out look, talk, look about all the roles that you do, diff- you do take on. And, yeah. you know, and roles just like a friend, uh, a sister, a sister-in-law, a daughter, um, executive director, a teacher, all the different things. You t- Like you wear a lot of hats and we all do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but when you're successful in those roles, what's the part of your personality that's coming out that makes you successful? It's like, when you have that great heart-to-heart conversation with your best friend over coffee, you know, who are you that's coming out? Who's that person that's connecting? Well, that, that's someone to me, like, you know, I'm a really kind person and I can really identify with kindness and right. I genuinely love my friends. You know, I'm a loving person. So I started making this list of when I'm at my best, what are the attributes that come up for me? You know, kindness, love, creativity, caring, compassion, like these things. So if work on becoming more in touch with those parts of me, then whatever job I have, whatever relationship I'm in, friendship wise, romantic, whatever, if I can start getting stronger here and put my focus on who I am and my value, my worth here, because I own those, you know, right. a job can't take that from me. If the job disappears, I'm still all of these things. Gotcha. And, and I started going like, oh, that's, that's it. This is my way. Mm-hmm. This is literally, this is my way of this dark space that I found myself is remember who you are. You, Your right. uh, dance is part of love to do and will always be something that I love to do. I dance every day in my living room. But if I let myself be defined by something outside of myself, then I give way too much power to it. And if it changes, because it might, and it has several times already in your life, I can still be firmly planted feet on the ground in knowing who I am. Mm. And if I look back and take it like one step further, I couldn't have created a charity out of nothing if I wasn't compassionate, if I wasn't creative, if I right. wasn't kind, if right. I wasn't all of these things, like that is what helped me do the thing. So sure. maybe my purpose shouldn't, shouldn't be so focused on the work, the job title. It should be, fo- my purpose is living as a joyful, creative, kind person. That's your purpose. Yep. It's not the job. Absolutely. And I spent so much time over here that having to like, oh, clear out the weeds over here. Oh, what's over Mm -hmm. here? Mm -hmm. And it's not Mm -hmm. um, like, which is why I loved when I saw rediscovery part of your your podcast, it's not new. It's just rediscovering, you know, this parts of you, you know exactly what that feeling is. You, everybody know when you flake of like, think about like one of your happiest moments and there's a warmth that comes up inside. You know that feeling, you just have to rediscover it and find ways when I, when I think about all the different ways that I can get back in touch with some of those pieces of me so that when I do feel depleted, cause I'm going to, right. Yeah. I can't, it's not like I made two lists. Now I'm good.
2: <laughs> right?
1: no, now no. it's, how do I live yeah. in those two? And when I feel depleted, how do I get those back? There are times this week especially this summer especially where I felt angry and enraged and um the opposite spectrum of love and joy right, right. and but I want to show up as an advocate to and, in, and especially in these fights for justice I can't afford to be showing up angry and and filled with rage that's not what's no. needed My kindness is needed. My passion is needed. My love is needed. That's what's needed to bring into this other role. So I think about these things that identify me as me to figure out how they start to show up and like weave into my play that I can really be the strongest version of it shows up.
0: Well, that makes a lot of sense. And that's absolutely beautiful. I really, really enjoyed the way you articulated that Jen, because, um, you can only be the best self, uh, or, or the the best of who you are, in helping others or 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 approaching something, by by rethinking and 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 being in tune with who you are, being grounded in who you are as a person, you know, not letting yourself be defined by uh, a a hobby or a job or anything right. like that, you know. So, uh, so, so I, man, I really appreciate, uh, how you explained that Jen, because, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to fall into a groove of saying this defines who you are, especially someone who's been doing something for decades, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you, 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 you see a person who they are, and if you know, they've been in a certain occupation for so long, you automatically next to their name, say their occupation, you right. know, yeah. but uh, yeah, but yeah, but rethinking the way you did, you know, and, 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 and coming to grips with your identity and not just your identity, but what makes your identity. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, 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 and what happens when you give the power to something by making yourself defined by that thing you know? Um, I mean, that's a huge realization, a huge realization. So um, as we wrap up, I want to, I want to ask you um, with this line of thinking now um, that you have embraced and that you practice and demonstrate in your day-to-day life, um, what's down the line for Jen or what amazing stuff are you working on?
1: I, want to save people the thousands of dollars of therapy that i spent Mm -hmm. um and i've created these programs where i do some that are just you know a one day one time workshop that we do i have other courses that are we do like a real six week deep dive into like i said it's not just simple hey make two lists you're good live in live in the one list not the other um but really (laughs) taking a deep dive into um fleshing out what all these different roles are that you play. How are you in those different things? How can mm-hmm. I show up as more of that person? Because it it doesn't change overnight. It's a it's a constant work in progress and it's still a work in progress for me too. So mm-hmm. if my part of my creative and joy and passion is in the role of a teacher, I'm teaching other people the methods I use to pull myself out of that. and I find so, much joy and reward in it in such a different way because like you just said i i took my power back from my jobs and gave it back to my my core you know my my identity that and being able to be to guide someone else in that on that path reminds Mm -hmm. me of you know why i am such a good teacher and why i do love that part of me um, is because one of the gifts I've been given is t- is the creative and compassion piece of me. And that allows me to, if someone's not getting something, a concept, I'll create a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll make sure mm-hmm. that you get there um, because I've been right. given a gift of creativity. So using my gifts mm-hmm. in that way feels so rewarding to me.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That nice. you know,
1: te- teaching these programs online is not... Somewhere where something where I would have thought that I would have ended up, but is yeah. like oh, when I shift my perspective to my purpose is not job driven. My purpose is it you know, identity driven. Yes, things really change.
0: Yes, oh for sure, hundred percent. They they definitely change, and 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 so Jen, how can the listeners connect with you or learn more about you? Um, and 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 maybe even you know reach out to you for some advice for some direction and guidance you know how how can they get a get a hold of you
1: real easy it's just my name.com jenables.com. J-E-N mm-hmm. one N, scom mm-hmm. jenables.com
0: fantastic uh, we're gonna reach make me by sure my email
1: there my uh, yeah. social media is there everything is everything's all in one spot
0: All there's there that keeps it nice and simple. That's fantastic. Well, Jen, I'm going to make sure and include your web address on the episode show notes so that our listeners can directly contact you or get to your website from that link. Jen, you are the embodiment of the road to rediscovery. You have gone through some struggles, some very dark times. You've learned how to uh, reflect and apply yourself from what you've reflected, and not only survive, but thrive. And you are helping people uh, with what you have learned in your journey in helping them with their struggles. So Jen, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. I've really, really enjoyed our conversation.
1: Uh, It's been my pleasure. Thank you for providing a platform for me to be able to share it.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're doing a great
1: service to the world.
0: Oh, well, you're too kind. Well, thank you so much. So now we're about to enter the segment called three for the road. And in three for the road, that's where I ask my guests three questions. Uh, They're random yet thought provoking questions that I encourage them to answer in five words or less. So what do you say, Jen? You think you're up for it?
1: I am so up for it. I don't know if I can stick to five, but I will do my best. (laughs)
0: all right well let's see i think you will be able to these okay, are customized right. questions okay and right. uh yours all involve dancing Woo-hoo! okay how about that <laughs> i know okay so uh each name or names that i say will be a um a question okay, okay. so for three for the road describe um the attributes or virtues that you see in the following dancing styles. Number one, Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers.
1: Romantic, classic, elegant, graceful, joyful.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, you, you hit it. Number two, Okay. Jennifer
1: Lopez. Ooh, spicy, sexy, fun, empowered, and feminine.
0: Oh, there you go, right on. And number three, Neo.
1: Ooh, silky, sexy, smooth, cool, and swagalicious.
0: Love it. Love it. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, (laughs) congratulations, Jen. That's three for the road. I made it. You you knocked it out of the park for sure. (laughs) Awesome. Well, once again, Jen, it's been so great having you on the show. Thanks again for coming on.
1: My pleasure. My pleasure.
0: Oh, yeah. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening. And like I said, we will have the direct link to Jen's website on the episode show notes, that is jenables.com. So look for that on the episode show notes when this uh, episode is released. Also, another uh, special announcement I'm very proud to say and share with you that the uh, Wellness Alignment ebook series from The Road to Rediscovery is now released. And the Wellness Alignment series can really, really help you tap into just some very practical ways that you can align with your self-development goals, such as careers, financial, relationships, and so forth. Things like laughter, mindful breathing, physical activity. So the ebook series really gives you a good guidance in how you can align those practices with your self-improvement goals. To find more information and to order a copy of those, uh, that, that ebook series, Go to roadtorediscovery.com slash shop. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com slash shop or uh, check out Amazon. It's on Amazon as well. All right, the road's rediscovery. It's a movement, a revolution. And guess what? You are now part of it. We're all roadies on this journey of life. And it feels so good having you on the road with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon.
1: The Road to Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production.